Are you an entrepreneur or looking to become one? Looking to stay motivated, find happiness and true success? You're in the right place. Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome back to episode four of the Empower Humans podcast. This is part two of our interview with Eleanor Otto, one of the first and definitely the last Rosie the Riveter. She built airplanes to the age of 95. She's been on Ellen, NBC Nightly News, and so many other things. She's won so many awards. And without further ado, enjoy part two of our interview with Eleanor. We knew we had to win this war. That was all thought. We knew we had to win this war. So however we're going to do it, we're going to do it, no matter how much it hurts us, and no matter how inconvenient it might be, no big mm-hmm. deal, inconvenient, yeah. when those other men, a lot of them don't even come back, you know? Yeah, you're right, absolutely Yeah, right. I, wrote a, I wrote a poem about that uh, when I wrote, uh, when I made a speech at the veterans when they gave me that war, you know? So so everybody worked together as a, as a, they did. As a team. They and, really did. And for your part, and when there's a team, Generally, people have different roles. Your part was building planes. Yes. And you have you talked about your rivet gun. You still have. Is that the rivet gun you used all those years? Or oh most no, that's uh, the one I used uh, building the C seventeen. Oh okay. Yeah. How many years have you had that rivet gun? Because you now have it in your possession. No, it really wasn't mine. Uh, the Air Force people used to have. Uh, uh, toolboxes, little toolboxes they'd bring to work, or bigger ones. But when the Air Force took over, that was all gone. You couldn't mm-hmm. use those. They gave us a big, they gave us other big, uh, as, as big as that, oh, bigger than this here for our mm-hmm. tools. And we had to use our badge to open the drawers. So they're the ones that uh, furnished all the tools. They didn't want us to bring buy any tools of our own. So you're... Uh, now, when we talk about riveting, what what exactly? Let's explain what that is for those of us who don't rivet and build airplanes. <laughs> There's a lot of preliminaries to riveting. I mean, you have to find out where the holes are supposed to go, mm-hmm. blueprints, and or learn the job, and drill them. Sometimes you have to step drill them with several drills. If it's a real big hole. If it's just a little hole, you just drill them and drill them and drill them. Mm-hmm. And um, then you have to deburr them with other, a deburring tool. You deburr the hole so there won't be any metal, extra metal. And then you have to seal them. The crappy soft seal, when it dries, it's rubberized. That fills the hole in the airplane so nothing will leak, mm-hmm. you know. Like wow. we built the, when we built the wing, uh, we built a spar that goes into the wing that holds the gas. Yeah. And they were very fussy. Every hole had to be filled. Oh my gosh, yes, with that seal. So they had sealers. That was their job, just to seal. It's a pretty important job. I mean, because the people flying the planes and all the. Well, I say when an airplane is built and it leaves the factory, it's in perfect order. Then they have test pilots. But we have inspectors all over. Every little thing is done. It's all inspected and re-inspected. And if something wrong, it has to be done. It has to be fixed. And it will be fixed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when the airplane is built, when they have trouble, is the maintenance of the airlines. If, they, if the airlines don't keep up their maintenance, that's the problem. Mm. It's not the, uh, the builder's problem. 
Yeah. It's perfect like, that we do it. Like any piece of machinery. Airplanes are certainly a very uh, complex piece of machinery, but well, you've yes, got to maintain is. it. you got to keep oh, it. Oh, gosh, yes, definitely. <laughs> you know, so we know that. <laughs> So, so so you did all this during the war, and then uh, everybody's united, everybody's working together. Yes. And then come 1945, all these big D-Day and all these other things yeah. start to happen. There were, no, there were very few celebrations then. When the war ended, of course, everybody was running in the streets, screaming and hollering, all that stuff. But after that, it toned down. There wasn't too much celebrations about, you know, that. And then all of a sudden, here comes this rosy thing. What? <laughs> well, in those days, they didn't call Rosie the Riveter, right? It was just you. No. Were, that was kind of a later term. Yeah. But you, I heard you talk about that when you guys were actually building the planes too. That that they had certain songs that were like oh, yeah. motivational. They had uh, beautiful war songs. When let's see, when the world. Those, see. Oh, I can't think of some of them. Well, so beautiful. When the lights go on again all over the world. That's one of them. When the lights go on again all over. Because everybody had to turn the lights out when you have no war. So they won't see you when they're coming in. Trying to, you know, mm. England. See, we were united with England. That's yeah. why I'm in the museum in England. You know, because they respected America as we respected them. And yeah. they were closer to all that than we were. And a, and a lot of us these days from my younger generation don't know what that's like because we haven't had to experience anything no, like haven't. that. And I, and I hope we don't have to. I hope but you don't. we got to remember, not forget. To but this is going to be a worse if this ever happens with this nuclear bombs and all that nuclear weapons that will come, come right over here with a stupid... Ugh. Yeah. It's a scary but I have a friend that she was a war bride, and she was 14 when all this was happening. And uh, she she could tell you, all of a sudden they'd be coming over, right over their house and crash bang and everything. She went through it right in England. Oh, yeah, because that was... Yeah, she did. There was a lot happening there, a lot oh, of bombings. Yeah. And oh, yeah, all the time, yeah, yeah. So she used to tell us stories, you know. Yeah, you're fortunate here that you didn't have to deal with... With those particular yeah. events, but yeah, That's you right. guys knew that you were dependent upon <clears throat> that they depended upon you for these particular jobs and these planes and to take yeah. care, <clears throat> yeah, to take care of that need in the war. I was always a fast worker, and so I'd get all the things ready, and then the other girls would take over and do other parts of it. You know, a lot of things to do, and and. Yeah, and so you you were always taking initiative, and then the war comes to an end, thank goodness, and everyone's probably grateful as heck that <laughs> this oh, yeah. finally came to an end and yeah, we and prevailed. Within days, they laid us off. Within days. Within days, you're done. The men were coming back. Yeah. And we just left. We, we knew this would happen, and we were happy the men would come back and get their jobs, the ones who were lucky enough, thank God, to come back and get their jobs. And we didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't, People think we maybe we resented it, we didn't. You didn't resent no, no, that no. at all? No, 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 no. But there were some women, I think, that in special type jobs, that would probably remain there for a while. I think so. Engineers, people like that. Yeah. And even then, they had en women engineers. But they have more now, of course. 
So that's what we're saying. That's why I said that at my end of my speech. We made history, now it's your turn. But we want them to do it in a technical way. You know, mm -hmm. engineers and top jobs. Like I've talked to CEO women, and they thank us. They said, we've paved the way for them to get these type of jobs. They wouldn't have them. And the girl that works at the FBI, she got me in front of everybody, and she said, if it wasn't her and people like her, we wouldn't be working here. Mm. And so many people have told me that in different areas. And it's just, it's just remarkable. Well, you really, uh, in a lot of ways, you and these other women were kind of a trailblazer because women just didn't, like we said, yeah. women didn't work like tra that. Trailblazer book too, yeah. Oh yeah, because women just didn't, before that did not work like that, but we didn't have a choice and yeah. then it kind of became a catalyst for some things for women to be able to enter the and workforce. We're changing and, it and we're changing more and more and it's helping more and more, starting from what we did because we incredible. did men's work. Yeah, that's you amazing. Know, I, working with men's tools and everything, oh yeah, and it was it was a challenge and it was great and I liked it. So then I got on at Ryan in uh, 1951. I started in 1951. So the war was over in 45. So those six years I did other things, car hopping, whatever. Uh-huh, yeah. And, uh, so you then, were saying that the once they came out with roller skates, what happened with the car hops? Well, they some of them stayed. They had the nerve. I didn't have that kind of nerve. You were kind of scared. Uh, of the I, I just didn't want to fall and <laughs> hold a lot of food, and all of a sudden, ah. <laughs> who could blame you? So, but thankfully, uh, I mean, you had this experience building planes, and then this job came back around. You say 1951. Yeah, and Ryan, they they built a Spirit of St. Louis for Lindbergh. Oh, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, really? And the three wow. guys that were there built it in 1926, 27. They were still there. Uh, Claude Ryan, Vandenberg, and I forgot the other guy's name. I remember. But they were still there. From And, and a lot of the bosses were still there that worked during the war at mm -hmm. Ryan. They were still there when I got in 1951. Wow. Yeah. So you got to know some kind of legendary, legendary people. Yes, definitely. So, so you went into that job, and was that down in San Diego? No. Where, where was? Oh that? yeah, well, it was right, right on Harbor Drive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right on Harbor Drive. And uh, how long were you with with Ryan? Fourteen years. Fourteen years. And, and then I, they stopped building airplanes. So you must have been there through. That was when the JFK yeah. assassination. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I read wrote that poem. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I've always had trouble with men, and I haven't tried to, you know, but <laughs> it's always something. So that's why I'm glad I'm older now, because men look at me with respect. So, so respect. when you say trouble with men, you're not talking about romantic, really. You're talking yeah, about they, they try jobs. to come over and be, you know, oh yeah. Oh, hey, you and, work and, with In fact, I had a boss, he, he, on a Friday, he transferred me to... Another plant, uh, way down the road. It, it, uh, he thought mm -hmm. I was spending too much. Uh, I was always doing my job. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, nobody could ever say I wasn't doing my job. Of course. But, you know, what are you going to do? So you're saying they would come try to maybe flirt with you? They or said, don't be, don't be so friendly. I said, you're going to ch change my personality? <laughs> so, the, so one time I, I won a case with this big boss about wearing cotton gloves because we scratch ourselves, you know, and, and they were they helped to protect our hands and everything. 
and he didn't want us to have those gloves, but I won the case. So he told my lead man, every time somebody comes and talk to her, go down there and give her a bad time. So the men sometimes made it maybe a little bit more difficult for you. Well, I, I ignored it, but the bosses, you know, in those days, they got better later on. They didn't, didn't mind. Uh, but one boss told this whole department of guys, because they always used to come over and talk to me, we're going to give you a warning. We're going to warn you. You just stop talking to Eleanor. Leave her alone. So what, what did they do? Mm-hmm. They left me notes in the phone booth. <laughs> they left me notes in the phone booth. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of notes are we talking about? I love you, Eleanor. I miss you, Eleanor, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And I just took it all in stride. I, I, I didn't pay attention to it. But the bosses thought you could do less work if people leave you alone, you know. Then they counted the people that come over and talk to me. I, I was on the aisle for a while. And they said, by 8.30, there's about 35 people stop and talk to you, Eleanor. And they were blaming me. And it wasn't my fault. So they put me in the middle of the department. <laughs> so mm. maybe they wouldn't walk over and talk to me. Yeah. So you, so from what you said a little bit ago, you learned to just ignore some of these. Yeah, I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, you I just mean, kept on working. Kept well, doing yeah, what you're I, I kept to. on doing my, my bit. Just like now, when Warren and I got together about this Rosie thing, he called HR and thanked him for letting me go. Well, I had to go to New York. I had to go here or there. He thanked him. He says, well, we don't like Eleanor to go because then the people don't work as hard. They try to keep up with me because they say, you mean you can, she's 90-something years old and you don't, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's been one thing or another, whatever. When I'm young, I'm in trouble. and old, I'm in trouble. And you just learned to kind of roll with that stuff and just keep working. I don't pay attention. No, I, I got my job done. The guys would say, "You make us look bad." We'll go to work. Yeah, <laughs> whether you're in bad. your <laughs> and whether you're in your twenties or you're in your nineties, there's some obstacle. There's something you had to deal with, isn't it? There's always, 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 always something. But I didn't pay attention to it. You yeah, know. that might be a lesson for a lot of us. Yeah. Try to not pay attention to some of these obstacles on our path. And Don't worry about it, because if it happens, it happens. And uh, I didn't do anything to promote it, you know. Yeah, because you kept on working, obviously, for decades beyond the war. You worked uh, up until a few years ago, and you might be even be still be working to this day if they hadn't shut down the plant. Probably. That's what they laughed when I said in my speech. I said, yeah, if they hadn't shut the plant down, I'd probably be there, still there, and they laughed, the whole audience. <laughs> you could be working up past age 100 if they kept the plant open. <laughs> my goodness gracious. And who does that? I mean, you're a special breed. That's why so many people are inspired by you. And... Uh, <clears throat> During these years, anything else you want to touch on during these years of working? Because you worked, I mean, I'm sure there's so many experiences. You had so many obstacles. Yeah, I had this lead man, this last time lead man. We liked each other. We saw each other on the outside. But he always picked on me. I think he was a male chauvinist. He's a Marine. He was a Marine. Uh-huh. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Mm. So <laughs> he thinks that, uh, I, I, I think that, because I'm not real big, and I went to get this big gun one time. Sometimes the material was so thick, my, my gun wouldn't lock the, uh, the uh, attachment in good enough. So I go get that great big gun. And he went and told the boss. He'd go tell the boss. Mm. And so I said, I've been doing this before you guys were even born. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and what do we have to say about that? Yeah, didn't say nothing. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> obviously your your labor speaks for itself. I mean, they kept you on all these years. You're probably doing a good job. Yeah, they but, like when you get old. A lot of older people they try to get rid of. They have ways of doing it. If they want to get rid of you, they have ways of doing it. Yeah. You know, but if they don't get the job done, a lot of them didn't get the job done until the computers came in and we had to put our jobs on the computer, whatever we did. And they denied that they had to have a certain amount of work done every day, of course. Yeah. Because I said one little girl, she, I, I, she was socializing all the time. And I said, I, I thought they hired here us to work. Oh, that was in your day. <laughs> That's no. what she said. Oh, that was in your day. And what did you think of her saying that? I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. I thought uh, this younger generation is lazy. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. Mm. You know, so I, I just I couldn't be that way. I felt like they hired me, and I'm going to do the best I can. And I, if the peop people were slow, they got mad at me one time because my crew did because this guy was a so they called him a social butterfly, mm -hmm. and he wasn't get the job done. And I wanted the ship to go out in the right time, so I started doing his job. And he didn't care, but the crew cared. <laughs> they want me to leave him alone and get him in trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't want to do that. I, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> no, no. You know, That's good. You didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Like you said, you just kind of avoided and ignored No, the... I, I just did it, and no matter what they said. So that's what you got to do in life. You just can't let people change your own values. You have values for yourself, what you want to do, whether they like it or not, because they're have an angry person about them because they want that other guy to get in trouble because they don't work hard enough. Uh, I, I like to help people, you know. So, yeah. and at his uh, retirement party, he said, Eleanor saved me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> saved me from getting in trouble. Oh, yeah, I see, I see. Yeah. So you, you, did, a, you did a great job. You got the job mm -hmm. done. You weren't sitting around socializing when you're on the clock. Oh, God, no. You just no. worked, worked, oh, worked. Oh, no. And you'd, you'd get into work, I don't know about during the war, but from what you told me, you were getting into work at 5 in the morning. I'd leave here at 5. Leave at 5. And then we'd have a 6 o'clock meeting. Oh, I see. So, so i get there about 5, a little after 5 or 5.30, because I only live two miles. Yeah. And... Uh, I'd, I'd stop and get my coffee and my paper and sit there and read and drink coffee. And this until, was kind of your daily ritual. Until the meeting, yeah. yeah. And and when, uh, uh, I forgot what, oh yeah, when Brian, Brian Williams' producer lady, she came mm -hmm. with all the people. They did this to me and everything. And then they came 4 o'clock in the morning and followed me to work. Oh, yeah. To see I was driving. Yeah. And, and then they walked in to work with me, and I was walking too fast for the camera. I didn't know that. I should have slowed down. They said, you walk fast, don't you? You know, but they were filming me walking. I didn't think about it. <laughs> oh, God. Boy, my goodness. Yeah. But one of the things you taught me that I think is, is good for people to know and to learn in life, I mean, we're looking at a healthy, happy, energetic, vibrant, 90, almost 98-year-old yeah. Woman, one of the things you taught me is that you watched a lot of people retire, and not that there's anything wrong with retiring, but working or retiring, what you said is you got to keep going with your mind, keep things, keep active, because it's a, it's people important. start to deteriorate if they they're do. just sitting around, don't they? they? Do. Yes. It's kind of a, a law of the universe, I think, isn't it? You're either moving 
towards this direction or you're moving towards another direction? You're not just That's staying. Right. And well, they say to me, well, what's your secret? Keep moving. You keep know? Moving, work keep hard. interested. Keep moving. Keep abreast of what's going on in the world. You know, read. Uh, there's so many things that I've always done. Well, you talk about going in and reading the newspaper every morning. I mean, that helps. Oh, yeah. I always get and read the papers. That helps keep your mind sharp, keep you oh, on top yeah. of things. Yeah, you, you, you got to do that. And, and and you can't hold grudges. I don't believe in holding grudges. My mom used to until she moved in with me. Then she changed that. Mm. <laughs> I, holding grudges, uh, you know. I, I forgive my lead man. Everybody says, you should take him to HR the way he talks to you, the way he treats you. Oh, forget it. Who cares? You know. I mean, I worry about that. You just brush stuff off, don't you? you well, just, yes. You just brush it off. That's the only thing you can do. <laughs> Why not? No, it's, it makes perfect sense to me. I don't know. But some, some of us, sometimes, us younger generation, we it's so easy to get caught up in these things that we might naturally want to do. Let's get revenge or let's... Uh, don't do that. Yeah. There's nothing worse than revenge. It comes back to you. Mm-hmm. You're the one suffering the most. Yeah. It, it, you're the one that's mad whoever did whatever they did to you to make you this way you're the one suffering they're not they could care less yeah I heard an old I think it's an old kind of Chinese proverb that says that he who seeks revenge needs to dig two graves exactly that's right because it's, that is so true yeah I've heard that too yes that is so true you've, you've just had kind of a natural wisdom about you though that you just mm-hmm. learned to I'm going to brush things off and we put because beyond that, you raised. Now we talk about the war ending. Then we have this baby boom generation, and yeah. you you had a son, and yeah. um, I had three miscarriages too. You had some miscarriages. <laughs> three. Yeah. I, they were all girls. One oh. was five. I was five months along, and I held her. She was born at Jean's house, and I, I held her. And she was trying to breathe. She was going like that, and then all of a sudden, that was it. She couldn't make it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. So, you know. My, my mom lost four babies Did herself. She? Yeah. Four? Yeah. I, have a, I know why I had a hard time having children, because I was pregnant when I was first married, and I didn't know it. So I went mountain climbing. Mm. We went mountain climbing, and that's what did it. Really? That's what the doctor said when he found that out. That's why you're having a hard time, because you over. I was so young, and it was just the wrong thing to do. But I didn't know. I didn't know I was pregnant. Yeah, those are devastating things for for a woman. I imagine I, for one, haven't gone through that. Of course. But yeah, yeah, that's true. It's hard. Women have a hard time when they lose kids. I suffered more uh, with those with my when I was five months alone. I suffered with that baby more than when my son was born, you know. Mm. It was really hard, yeah. But that's life, and we have to tell ourselves. Like, uh, I was having headaches for a long time. Uh, for six months, I think I had these headaches. Mm-hmm. And I thought, maybe I've got something wrong. So I went to the doctor, and they took an MRI or whatever they do. And he said, you, you probably have a brain tumor, he told me. Oh, Okay. You know, so then I sat there for about an hour thinking I probably have a brain tumor when he went and checked everything out, mm. the MRI and everything. I thought, well, I'm old enough. I'm old enough to have a brain tumor. I'm old enough to have something wrong. I've had anything wrong all the time. <laughs> okay, I was talking to myself. 
I'm old enough to have it. Who do I think I am when other people have this? Mm. That's how I said it. So as soon as the doctor walked in, he says, your brain is okay. You're okay. Mm. I told Jack that, my knee man. He said, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think your but, brain's more than okay. You're doing pretty great for hitting 98 next week. As far as staying on top of things, staying sharp. But boy, we're glad you didn't have a brain tumor, huh? No. Wow. But headaches, you know, was from sinus. Mm. There were sinus headaches. That's all they were. It wasn't from like stress or anything? No, I don't have stress. It was sinus headaches. What you just said, I think, is another lesson. For, and you just pass over it, but I don't get stressed. Oh, if I get upset... A lot of people... I lived with... When my great-grandson was here, and these generations of John and her and everything, uh, I would get mad about things. And then I'd oh, this generation, what the heck? You know, yeah. <laughs> what can you do with this generation? Yeah, <laughs> they don't listen to the older people. You'd think that people would listen to older people. They've been through it. They want to keep them from going through it. Like I did my great-grandson. He's still moved in with his kids. And now he's having a hard time because they moved out and he couldn't afford the rent. You know, I said, just think of yourself. Don't worry about anybody else anymore. Think of yourself. You take care of yourself. So, mm -hmm. you know, they don't listen. Yeah. And then when they do something wrong, it reflects back on us anyway. <laughs> I appreciate you touching on all that stuff because you've done a lot for, I mean, a lot of people don't, don't make it to 98, but I think you have a lot of lessons and simple stuff that you brush over that stuff that a lot of times are the most profound things in life. Don't get stressed. Don't hold grudges. That's brush right. off things. And keep your sense of humor. Keep things. your sense of humor. That keep your keeps... sense. Oh, that's, to me, that's so important. And have a good attitude. If you go, like I've been in departments where people look at you, and, hi, you know, I mean, ignore it. Because they're the ones that's unhappy, not you. If, if they look like that, they're not happy. It's not your problem. No. We can't take other people's problems because we would be stressed and, you know, have problems with ourselves. Mm. So, so it's, it's not worth it. Life is too short to make... My life hasn't been short, no. But life usually is too short. <laughs> well, but these years... I mean, when you talk about 98 years... Yeah. What, is, what do you think of when you think, wow, it's been 98 years? Well, Gene and I hated older people. We just... Ooh, we didn't know how to act around them, you know. And so later, when we got older ourselves, she said, is there a book we can read to learn how to be old? Gene mm. <laughs> said. Yeah. Because <laughs> we never acted old. We, we, we never got to the point where we acted like old ladies, yeah. except when she got her, you know, got her problem with her brain. I mean, it was different then. Yeah. But... Uh, Oh, God, I don't know. And whether life is shorter or longer, I mean, you talk about kind of just making the most of things, and making the most of things is not getting caught up in the negative energy, the bad. Yeah, sometimes you can do something that you don't want to do, like go to the dentist or whatever is happening that doesn't happen often. You think, then you got to think to yourself, this too will pass. It'll be over in no time, so just go do it. Whatever it is, do it, because it's not going to last forever. Yeah. You know, I gotta. You gotta talk to yourself about things. <laughs> yeah, I but, think I think that's a great point too because 
a lot of our mindset has to do with what we tell ourselves, doesn't it? Yeah, because I, I could have been upset about that, uh, having a poll, I'm reading that, uh, I mean, that speech I had to make in front of over 3,000 big wheels. Yeah. You know, I, I could have, but I talked to myself, who cares, I'm 98, and who are they? They're just people. I don't care how many badges they have and whatever they did, you know. So I just got up there and felt real good. And then they thought I should be nervous to go on the Ellen show. Okay, it's your turn to go on. And that's why I was so happy. I wanted dancing and everything. And <laughs> she didn't know I was going to dance. She looked at me. and So then finally she started dancing toward me too. Which she saw I was doing it. Yeah, well, no, that's, that's the, see, I love that because that's a great example for, for us. A lot of times people are like, well, I'm now 60 or 70 or 80. I mean, you're well beyond all those people. And, and well, I should just sit around. But you're out dancing. You're out today. You're out running errands. You're doing things. That, oh, yeah, always. And that's I, not to say that other I people I go down the freeway, too. <laughs> I mean, you're blessed and fortunate. You haven't had a lot of the challenges that some people have either. Where, like you talk about brain tumor or other health issues. Yeah. But you've... That's true. I think you've done some things to probably prevent some of that by not having so much stress. You could have, though. You could have got caught up in all the stress. Oh, there's a lot of, I could have had a lot of stress. You had to take care of your son. You had to take care of your mom for a while, right? And uh, I took care of her for 25 years. And uh, when she died, that was that was hard for me. Of course. I couldn't eat for a year hardly. It felt like there was a brick in my in my throat that food wouldn't go down hardly. That was very hard. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that's the Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, but it, it passes. Uh, time is the only healer for anything. Time. You think, oh, I'll never get over this. You always say that. Just like Monday with my sister. A little couple of days, I, I dream about her all night. I think about her, seeing her like I did. But God gives us time as a healer <laughs> for il illnesses, or unhappy situations or whatever happens. You know? I think that's a great, a, an excellent lesson. I mean, I for one, as a man, sometimes I'm married and sometimes I, we sometimes get a little too angry or and I particularly sometimes, oh, I'm too yeah. angry and or, yeah. or, or a little oh, more yeah. than a little angry. And, sure. and what I learned is a lot of times it's just, you gotta give some time, give space, step out of the house, do, mm -hmm. Focus on something else. Yeah, have a hobby. That's right. And then these other things settle down and yeah, things. And that's a true story. I mean, you know more than anybody. You lived ninety-eight years, so you, you've been around the block a few times. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> One of the things, uh, a couple things, as we wrap up here, my wife talks a lot about how you are always done up. I mean, even as we sit right now, you you look better than I do. You, you got your makeup on you know I don't wear makeup much, well I try to <laughs> I try to look human as long as I can yeah well you look incredible as long as I can yeah I, but what I think of is <laughs> I look back at these pictures and I think boy they they're always dressed up nice oh yeah we had I had to wear gloves and everything else and dressed up with heels to go to the supermarket practically yeah just to go buy some milk and bread or yeah yeah everybody dressed up all the time and that's why now uh everything's so informal i kind of like that at this age i don't think i want to go you know when you get older you don't want to wear high heels like that and some of those heels nowadays oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding you say you like now that this later generation we've kind of got a little more informal you informal know, isn't the word for it some of them yeah what is what is the word 
No, but I mean, they're more than informal. <laughs> yeah, a little too much. Because they used to dress so pretty when they, everybody dressed so great when they went to fly in an airplane. And on the bus, that's when they dressed informal, when they took bus trips. But the airplane, now the airplane, same thing. But Shorts and everything, nobody dresses anymore. Taking an airplane in those days was quite a production, wasn't it? It was, it was kind of like going to a show to go ride on an airplane, you know, like a passenger plane, right? Yeah. So it was, you say people dressed up and... Yeah, that's right. Kind of like going to a formal, uh, oh, formal yeah. uh, banquet it, or it something. It was really something. And my first plane ride, I was 13, my mom, my mom had a boyfriend that had an airplane, and he promised me that he would give me a ride in a couple of months or something. I was just counting the days, counting the days. Mm. It was just a little plane, you yeah. Know. And uh, oh wow. Did he Did he take you on that ride? Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, I was so excited. Oh, it was so much fun. And then. Uh, that's where you got your love of airplanes. Yeah, and then John, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to build them. And John Otto, my second husband, uh, we went a trip to uh, Victoria. Mm -hmm. And the test pilot of Ryan is the one that drove us, that flew us. Oh, really? Yeah, in a four-passenger Beechcraft. Wow. Four-passenger Beechcraft. That's incredible. Clarence. Wow. His name is Clarence. Good old Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> but we had so much fun. We did. So we ran out of money. We had money. You know, they gave us money per diem and whatever. And mm -hmm. after three days, we was in a fancy, that one of the fancy hotels in uh, Victoria. It's in all the travel books. And uh, we ran out of money. So we would sneak bologna sandwiches up the back stairs. After a while, we ran out of money to go to fancy restaurants. Mm. <laughs> because you walk in the in the front, all these little ladies sitting there, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we, we had to go to the back with our bologna sandwiches. Yeah. Mm. It's so wow. much fun. So much fun. You had a lot of fun. <laughs> and you experienced a lot of things in life. Is there anything, like I say, as we close, we talk about your fashion. You always, I mean, even now, you're dressed up nice. This dress, Evelyn, Evelyn made this dress. Evelyn, uh, when she came from Oklahoma, she loved clothes, but she couldn't afford to buy them. So she took up sewing. She became such a wonderful seamstress. Mm -hmm. Making coats, she made that dress I'm wearing. Uh, she made coats. Oh, she was just very artistic. She's a Pisces, and it was very artistic. Wow. She was artistic about... She could get a garage and make it look like a mansion to decorate it. It takes money, but she, she was artistic, really. Mm -hmm. She was great that way. Jean and I, we didn't worry about that. Wow. We didn't worry. But the things I've always worried about is contact other people. Uh, with I had to have phones. I had to have cameras and things like that. That, that was my big thing, you know, like that, to be able to... Yeah. Be in touch with everybody I and send a lot of cards. I love to send cards for people, and I've got cards from people. I know they're gone now, but I can hardly get rid of them. Mm. They meant so much to me. <laughs> oh my God, they meant so much to me. In You're fact, very sentimental, aren't you? They almost. Uh, they, I got so many <laughs> cards on top of my my closet that one day they fell on my head. I could have been killed by my own car. Saving my cards. That would have been a little ironic and sad. <laughs> we wouldn't want that. <laughs> my goodness. 
Is there, uh, is there anything as far as uh, secrets or tips you want to share for people as far as your, what you've learned in your life? I mean, we've touched on some things as far as staying positive and brush off negative things and not holding grudges and anything. I mean, we t- what about health-wise? Because obviously, <laughs> I don't see you smoking cigarettes. Somebody called. Never smoked or drank. Never. Never. Uh, why is that? Because people in your era, I mean, a lot of my You know what? My mom probably used re- reverse psychology on us. She said when we became teenagers, if you girls want to smoke, go ahead and smoke in front of me. Don't do it behind my back. So maybe if she would have said it the other way, maybe we would have done it. But she's, this is no fun when she didn't care. <laughs> so as we wrap up, what other... Uh, secrets or things not that they're secrets but for you personally do you think has contributed to your happiness health longevity anything else you want to share with that you talk about you didn't just, smoke did, or drink like I say just it takes things in stride yeah and, and not make a big deal about it and suffer over it because it's done it's over whatever you know and go on to forward What's done is done. And Just ignore whatever is making you unhappy. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I say, keep your sense of humor. And you would ask me about my diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, a radio station called John and uh, wanted to know if I could go on there and, and not the radio station, the TV show, uh, wanted me to get on there and explain how I live this long. What do I eat? Mm-hmm. You know what John said? She eats weenies, ice cream. He named all the things that I do eat, but they said, oh, we can't use her. We can't use her. <laughs> There's no special diet in that. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's more a situation of attitude. I mean, you've had a good attitude, plus you didn't smoke and drink like, you know. I've always had a good attitude because I want to get along with people. I, I, I don't want to go around like a lot of people do that I've worked around, you know. Keep a happy attitude be happy you got to think look at these other people in this other countries they don't even have food they go in garbage cans you know what what they're going through and the little thing we're going through big deal mm-hmm. don't make a big deal out of something that's not a big deal <laughs> yeah and it's not to make light of anything people do go through because some people are going through that where they have to with the garbage cans we, but we got we got to be Grateful. You, grateful. you just got to be grateful for what you have. I think that's one of the biggest, the biggest lessons anyone can take. From I'm, I'm grateful, even though uh, we never had much growing up. But I'm grateful that we're still healthy, you know, and nothing mm-hmm. serious is well losing people. That's a normal thing of life, but it's very difficult for you. That's one of the most difficult things you're ever going to go through in your life if you lose somebody you love. I can't think of anything more difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you stay grateful, you stay positive, and what, what's happened has happened, and you just have to move And forward. don't dwell on it. Right, you just move you, can, you can't dwell on it, no. Thank you for spending the time with me and for the, the inspiration and all the stories. Well, thank you. Well, it's fun. I, I, I love to talk to young people. I do. Yeah, well. I do. I don't, I don't even feel that young myself, but I guess I'm about 60 years younger. You're very young. <laughs> Extremely young. Yeah, yeah these, these kids of mine are younger still. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to Empower Humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EmpowerHumans.com. We'll catch you next time.